Carlos from the Bay to Queens. Figgy, it's not Delgado. It's not Beltron. It's Carlos Correa has signed a 12-year deal with the New York Mets. Steve Cohen, mid-martini in Hawaii, signed Carlos Correa. Can this offseason get any better? We had to come back for an emergency episode. Yeah, just when you think nothing else is going to happen, don't sleep because you wake up in the morning and this is blockbuster news. The Mets are set up on the left side of the infield for the next decade. We'll take a look at that and some of the other recent signings that just happened as well. On the third day of Hanukkah, Uncle Stevie gave to me Carlos C. We'll talk about it all next on an emergency episode of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York, folks. It's out of here. We got you. And that's lined and stared on a hop by Correa on a dive to his right. Gets up, throws out Kendrick. Excellent play by Correa. Up the middle and Correa diving stop. Carlos gets up. Out at first base. A drive to left field. Hicks is back. It's gone. A home run. Correa delivers in the eighth. Here's a fly ball into right. Back at the wall. This game is over. Welcome back to an emergency episode of Amazing But True, New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown, alongside my co-host, former Mets pitcher, Nelson Figueroa. No, we're not back because it's Hanukkah. To wish you a happy Hanukkah, we will. Happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish listeners. No, Figgy, we are not here to wish you a Merry Christmas, but Merry Christmas to all those who celebrate. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. We're not here for that. Figgy's in the Christmas spirit with his sweatshirt that has Uncle Stevie riding a dragon. <laughs> it's actually Santa Claus riding a T-Rex, but that's pretty close. Steve Cohen on a dragon. Steve Cohen <laughs> is no longer my uncle. He is my new father. Move over, Bob Brown. Steve Brown <laughs> is my father. Steve Cohen Brown is, you are the father. In the mm. words of Maury, you are the father. Get the paternity chest, check it. You're my father. Steve Cohen, mid-vacation in Hawaii. Sipping a martini. We'll find out how many olives he had in that martini. However many proves he's an absolute king of New York. He is the absolute king out of nowhere, Figgy. I mean, listen, we had the New York Post holiday party Tuesday night. So I woke up a little bit hungover to about 12 texts. I thought I was in a dream. I'm half asleep to text from you, 100 other people, to tweets, to seeing, are you kidding me? The Mets cannot lose the championship because I will laugh in your face. 12 years $315 million for a World Series champion and all-star Carlos Correa to be the new third baseman of the New York Mets. This didn't seem possible a couple of days ago, Figgy, when he signed with the Giants. Nah. And they, you know, they were pulling up to the press conference. They had everything there. They had the, the truck, the briefcase, Brian Dayball style, ready <laughs> for the presser. And something fell through medical, which is something we'll have to address. But in the end, Carlos Correa is a Met. And the dream $800 million Mets offseason, 806.1 if you want to be exact, that Steve Cohen has dished out to free agents, you could partially say it's complete because Correa was the Christmas tree. He was the, mm. the star in the top of the tree is Carlos mm -hmm. Correa. 
And the Mets offense is stacked. The pitching staff we'll talk about is stacked. The bullpen is stacked with bringing back Adam Adovino. And you could have asked for a better Hanukkah slash Christmas present. Steve Cohen has given us more than eight nights of Hanukkah. He's given us about 16 nights of Hanukkah. <laughs> it's it's really surreal to, to have something like this happen and continue to happen. Because just when you think they're done, just when you think that they don't need to make another move, he continues to top himself. Billy Epler has done this before when he was with the Angels. The Angels had always done this. They they weren't small market. They tried to be big market to compete with the likes of the Dodgers over there on the West Coast and the Giants. So it, it's been done before with these huge salaries and, and these big contracts and this team seeing stacked. San Diego did the same thing where, you know, that first year when they tried to go with all these all-stars, made all these trades, traded away the farm. And next thing you know, they had to blow it all up. So there is a little bit of me in there that makes this – is so much pressure now because can you lose a game? Can you afford to lose a game? Right? You can't. If it's World Series or bust, um, there, there's no excuses because you have now on paper undoubtedly a, a huge advantage over every single team. The, the matchups are undeniable. The one through six in this lineup can do anything and everything from hit the ball out of the ballpark to steal thirty bases. The top three guys. There's just so much. Uh, so many things to love about what you're getting in in terms of production and then the pitching staff, especially the star, two starters, the, the dual-headed monster at the top. Then you got Diaz locking it down at the back end. Everything seems to be just too perfect. Like you said, it's like a dream, right? And this is how little Jake Brown would have done it. Little Jake Brown, if he took it off of salary caps and everything else on MLB The Show, this is Jake Brown's team. This is literally how he would probably put it all together. And you just have that feeling of, okay, what else could they possibly do? You're starting to already see little things about Shohei Otani. What can the Mets do to get Shohei Otani? Will they trade away their prospects to bring Otani to New York as well? If they do all these things, it's – the Bulls, when they were supposed to win 82 of 82 games, right? You, If you can't lose a game. But at the same time, wow. It, it's undeniably the greatest offseason in Mets history. And Steve Cohen said that that window was three to five years. He's looking to make it on that third year and do it in a big, big way. The New York Mets, Vicky, are the best team in baseball. The best lineup, the best rotation, the best bullpen, the best manager, the best GM, the best owner, the best mascot, the best fans, the best stadium, the best food <laughs> in the stadium, the best Mets podcast, and Amazing But True with Jake Brown and Nelson Figueroa. They That's right. have everything you want and need. Uncle Stevie's giving you a birthday present. He's giving you a Labor Day <laughs> present. He's giving you a Halloween present. He's giving you eight Hanukkah presents. He's giving you 10 Christmas presents. He's giving you everything. And the goal, Figgy, like you said, championship or bust. Say this team right now is their team on paper. Say they make no move. Because if they make another signing, you don't expect it to be a major game. Who knows at this point? Babe Ruth could be a Met next week. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they could get anyone and anyone they want. Because this Correa thing came out of not even left field. It came out of the marina parking lot at City Field. You're midway seven beers deep in the marina. And Carlos Correa came here. It came out of nowhere. So you don't know what's coming. But on paper right now, as currently constituted, this is a world championship roster. They should be the championship favorites. We've seen on paper struggle. Just ask Yankee fans. This is, a, you know, the Yankee franchise. We hate it. Our whole lives growing up, me as a kid, getting ripped on their fans, yelling at me. We're better. We, they buy everyone in sight. We got mad at them. 
get mad at us, baby. I don't <laughs> care. We'll take it. Be <laughs> mad. Get mad. You should be mad because we're better than you, and we're going to kick everyone's ass next year. Uh, that that's the that's exactly the hope because they have everything that you could possibly want except for a championship and they don't just hand those out the highest paid team isn't the one that always wins it that's the beauty of baseball right you kind of root for the underdog you root for a team who all of a sudden clicks and goes on fire there were a ton of people who started all of a sudden thinking man can the phillies pull this thing off last year it wasn't mets fans but everybody else in baseball were, were like holy cow they're going from barely making it in to clubbing their way through every single contender right out the bat and take it to the world series and get the astros hit that five home run game and it looked like wow this could actually happen and then reality struck because the better team won, right? And that's what you're hoping by putting together a roster like this is that you have enough resources, you have enough years of experience, you have enough guys that can lead and lead by example on paper and actually do it in the dugout and do it on the mound and do it in the bullpen that you have proven winners. Um, and for those top two guys, like I said, Scherzer and Verlander, this could be their last hurrah, right? You're looking at two to three years. They're not going to get another contract unless they want to do a player option to keep going if the Mets are continuing to you know, be perennial favorites. But I look at them really trying to lead the way and say, this has to get done now. The players will feel that. And I'm sure that those top two guys... I'm going to be feeling that more so than anything, but they're built for this, right? They're, these aren't the kind of guys that crumble under pressure. I know Scherzer had a bad playoff game, um, and he was pitching, most likely was pitching not at 100%. We know that about him and that he will take the ball at any time, and you want that kind of grittiness. You want that kind of leader. Um, yeah, it's a different era just to think, you know, we were sitting here with the five aces uh, rhetoric not too long ago, and all those guys are gone now, every single one of them. And you're not batting an eyelash thinking, man, we didn't get anything out of that. We got better um, by, you know, it was addition by subtraction almost. Now, all of a sudden, you're not worried about all those other guys. You've got proven commodities at the top. You still have some youth that can learn a lot from this season and learn a lot from just being around these guys. And I mean, I don't think they're done. I really don't think they're done. Not as far as spending, but there are moves that are going to be made. And there are moves that can be made just, I mean, you don't even bat an eyelash. You, you're going to throw away a $10 million liability like McCann. And they, they got rid of Cano for $40 million a year, uh, $40 million owed to him. So I don't see them sitting around and just being okay with, you know, just an average type player. The other couple signings that we have to talk about again that has really shored up, you know, the catching situation, shored up the the uh, pitching, the rotation with Senga. There's so many little things that this team is continuing to do to make sure that this team is no doubt going into October well prepared and well equipped to continue to battle for the at least the next three years to come. Yeah, I mean, this roster figgy one of twenty five. I mean, one of forty almost now. Like with the depth that he is building. With the Narvaez, with you know, with every with Volga back now as a backup, you got Beatty still in the pipeline. You got Alvarez, you got Nita. Like you have three, you have four catchers. We we say three because we expect McCann to be gone. I mean, James McCann will not sniff the Mets starting catching situation with how much this roster has improved. Uncle Stevie wants no parts of a sub two hundred hitter in the lineup. I mean. McCann would be hitting 12th in this Mets lineup. Like he would, it's a non-existent spot in the lineup for James McCann. So this team one through 25 is just deep right now. And they have built depth and let's examine Correa first before we get to the other stuff. Cause we're kind of looking at big picture. Let's start with what this signing means, Figgy. So 
Here's what Correa, you assume, is going to be the Mets' third baseman. The downside, the guy's never played third in his life. He's yes, a yes. shortstop. Uh, in his career, no, he's only been a shortstop w- at a DH. W- WBC, he's played third base. Okay, he- well, in games in games that counted, I'm talking about. Games that talking count. About Wait, they don't count? All right, the Puerto Rican champion over here. And the fact that they already said, and that was one of the biggest things that Lindor and them uh, had already talked, and he said that he would play third base. It's not a position. He's, it's not a position that shortstops go to and get worse. No, no, no. He's a gold glover moving to third right. base. So uh, that's not something I'm worried about. I'm just examining the fact he's never in a major league game played the position, which makes you think that is also a DH option. I think he's going to play third. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's probably still going to be a better fielder, we think, than Escobar. But, like, you have Escobar and Beatty. So if you, de- it's not the end of the world if you decide to go that route and then just 162 games just have Correa DH and never get hurt. It, it's, ah, it's so many options. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's like the buffet. It's just, there's so many options. I mean, it, it, it's like, I mean, it's like Legends Club. It's just at the, it's, 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 the, it's always God, going back you to always food. Always go back me. to food. Yep. It, I mean, it it's, uh, it's Golden Corral. You want the desserts? Golden you go there. Corral. It's a, it's Golden Corral and crack, but it's, they, <laughs> they have everything. And that's not a terrible option if you're like, all right, we want to keep Correa healthy. Let's have him be DH because it's a bat. But you assume he plays third. So let's assume he plays third. This is a guy who's won a go glove figgy. Mm-hmm. He has been a two time all star. He was the rookie of the year. He's won two World Series title titles. He's come. He comes from a winning pedigree. Mm-hmm. He's in the prime of his career at 28 years old. He'll turn 29 in September. So you're getting him essentially for his full 28 year old season. He'll be here until he's 40. And that left side of the infield, if he does play third, Francisco Lindor through 2031, Carlos Correa through 2033. For essentially the next decade, you have two of the best players in baseball on the left side of your infield. You expect to have one of the best first basemen in baseball on the right side for years to come, assuming that's another deal or down the road mm-hmm. they're going to have to sign. But who cares? Steve Cohen, luxury tax. I'm telling you, that man, he, he said he's wiping <laughs> his ass with it like, he ain't using Charmin. He's using the wipes. You got to pay extra for the wipes. He's making sure that buzz. He's got the bidet. I mean, he's got the golden bidet in his toilet, and it's Carlos Correa, and everyone's <laughs> going up to the toilet, washing their ass with, with everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable, the plethora of riches that you don't even have to worry, like, will they sign Pete Alonzo? Like, it's not the coupons. They're going to sign Pete Alonzo, likely. And even if you want Chef McNeil long-term, do that deal. If McNeil goes, Correa moves to second. Beatty's at third. There are plenty of options for the years to come. So it's not like, oh, we're stuck with them for 12 years. They have a lot of maneuvering they can do now. And with an owner who's not afraid to do whatever he wants. Yeah, it's it's really, it's almost unfathomable. Um, just a few years ago, to everything was always the worry about what happens when these guys become free agents or get close to free agency and it was about that really with the with the five starters right you kept talking about the five aces then you look around and you had a over 100 million dollar deal for wheeler uh matt harvey was supposed to get 200 million when he was in his prime jacob de grom you know was got over 120 million twice uh so you look you were looking at always at that pitching staff as the guys that you were going to have to pay now you're starting to look at those key members uh and you know dom smith was supposed to be the guy he's already come and gone and you know he's he's moved on you look at now pete alonzo being your crown jewel for your homegrown offensive player and he's someone that you feel 
I think any, even for the fan base that you have to keep in a Mets uniform, you have to find a way to get a deal done. But what is that going to cost you? Right. I, I mean, how much could that possibly uh, cost you in, in this market? If you're looking at, I mean, the, the comp really only comp that you can have close to a comp is right now is Aaron Judge. That's honestly the only comp for Pete Alonso. Everything that Judge has done, Alonso winds up doing and doing it almost better. Uh, you know, this year almost uh, home runs, RBIs. You know, he's batting average. I think another thing that people are forgetting is when the shift goes away, all these guys are going to start batting closer to three hundred again. The balls are going to be getting through. There's going to be more offense in baseball this year. So now with the Mets loading up on that offensive side of things, it's just, I mean, the possibilities are endless with the all the ways you can use this lineup, all the different players you could have out there at a time, how you can rest players, how you can, you know, you're no longer going to have to push players to play for two weeks straight and, you know, running on fumes. That's not going to be a, a thing anymore. And I There's think- no more Darren Ruffs anymore. No, you can't. You can't have a. You can't have Darren Ruff being the right right-handed DH. I mean, Vogelback. Listen, we like him, but don't get me wrong. Like, if I didn't see him in a uniform, I'd be okay. I, yeah, I, and he's I, here, but he's he's not going to be. He's going to be like a fifty-game-a-year player, not a hundred and fifty. Which I mean, is he's, fine he's with on. Me. Yeah, he's honestly going to be. You know, uh, selective. Uh, guess good matchups, guys. He has history against. He'll, he'll come off the bench, you know, and give you a pinch hit appearance, kind of thing like that. But I, I mean, it's it's just uh, amazing to think uh, all the things that they've done. You know, you you have just the quality of player. Um, is undoubtedly this is the best on paper team that the Mets have ever had. And I don't think there's another time that you could say anything less. They're just, it's just an abundance of riches. And like I said, as long as they can handle the pressure and New York media is going to be brutal on every little thing. The headlines are already, you know, you can see it now with Correa. If he goes down, uh, he goes on the IL at any point. Oh, you know, damaged goods. The post headlines are already writing themselves. Well, so, do you worry about, like, because, are, do you worry we're going to have a Carlos Gomez part two? Now, it doesn't seem like it's going to fall through, but we still don't know the full details of what happened with right. the Giants. There was a medical issue, so, like, you know, it scares you a little bit that immediately he goes to the Mets. Like, was that issue kind of big where they didn't want it to escalate any further? And they're like, all right, let's get him a deal quick with Uncle Stevie. He'll pay it like he was going to pay it before the Giants got it. I guess we'll find out more in the coming days. But there's no part of that that might uh, bother you a little bit. Uh, of course it does. And I think one of the biggest things is uh, remember with Kumar Rocker. Right. Kumar Rocker had a guaranteed six million dollar deal on the table. They said, we will give you up to 10 million, but let us look at your medicals. And that's a Boris client. And he wouldn't let them look at the medicals. And so if you're already paying six million dollars for a house sight unseen and you're not allowed to get an inspection, you're not allowed to get the blueprints to the thing. No, not at all. So that's a scary kind of thing where if it was enough for the Giants to balk on. And I think the thing that Boris possibly sold uh, Cohen on. Uh, you have the receipt. You buy insurance on a contract this big. Major, you know, when you have a major league contract, as long as he passes his physical, um, and, and it wasn't that he didn't pass his physical, there was a red flag, but it wasn't that he didn't pass his physical. Um, as long as he passes his physical and they can get insurance on the contract, think about David Wright. The David Wright contract, every time he was hurt, there was never a rush to get him back. And it was because if he played only a certain amount of games, then the insurance paid the majority of his salary, paid like 80% of his salary. 
So the, that money wasn't coming out uh, of, of the ownership's pockets. So I think when you have a chance to get a player and you wanted to jump at it because you didn't want everybody else to get back in on the bidding because all the shortstops were off the board at that point, right? You got Dansby, uh, uh, Dansby Swanson went to the Cubs and, and all the other ones are already signed. So he was the biggest commodity out there available. You didn't want one of these other teams to come in and swoop him up. So the Mets did what they had to do. Still pending physical, I'm sure. There's, there's no way that you're doing this on a phone call. Hey, guess what I have available? Would you like Would you like to buy a Bugatti and not drive it? I mean, that's not going to happen. So I think there's there's some groundwork still left to be done. But I think at the same time, they want to put him in a Mets uniform. They want to have him in a Mets uniform, and they're going to do their due diligence um, during it. And if something needs to get done – Something needs to get done. You have him for the next 12 years. It's not like he's damaged goods as of yet. $656 million left side of the infield. I, I'm i not going to even do research. That's the most expensive left side of the infield in the history of sports. I mean, that's I, I don't need the Elias Sports Bureau to tell me. <laughs> I don't think A-Rod and Jeter were that expensive. I do not think we may ever see a left side of the infield with that much committed money over the next decade. And Listen, even if Correa did fail the physical and, you know, it, something happened or whatever, and he's not a Met, this was like a plethora of riches move anyway. Like, we mm-hmm. we weren't like, we need to get Carlos Correa. It was like, let's try and get a J.D. Martinez. All right, he's off the board. Let's bring back Conforto for a year. They weren't in dire need. Like, they had Escobar, Beatty. They had some third-base options. So it wasn't like, all right, we have to go get one of the best players in baseball. No, like, this was – that's why we're celebrating like it's Christmas because we're like, holy cow – how did this happen in a stunning trip? This is something that would happen to the Mets. Like they were, they signed Correa, failed physical. Right. He went somewhere else. Like this was something that happened to us, the Wilmer Flores situation. Yep. Um, so, and listen, Carlos Correa isn't a perfect player. He's a 279 career hitter. He hits, you know, 20, 22 homers a year. He drives in 70 or 80. But adding that to the lineup the Mets already have is what gets you excited. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, the top player on this team. As we mm-hmm. go through the lineup here, this is what we expect the opening day lineup. Brandon Immo back. They get him 162 million leading off. Number two will either be Correa or Marte. We'll say it's Marte because of his speed. That's the only thing with Correa, too. Another guy who I like, Nimmo, I like him to steal more bases. He stole uh, 14 his first year, 13 his second. And the last few years, he has zero in the last three years. Oh, don't look, to, don't look for him to steal bases. He has four in the last five. But, you know, bigger bases, let's see. I don't mm, know. I, I Not like for him. Slow. He's got a little speed. So uh, if he could swipe 10, Figgy, I'm not asking for 25, but, you know, in big spots. Marte second. Third, Lindor, shortstop. Fourth, Alonzo, first base. Fifth, Carlos Correa. Well, I think they'll slot him in the five spot. Th- that makes most sense because if Nimmo's got, not going to steal, you need Marte there as number two. Six, Jeff McNeil, second base. Seven through nine, however you kind of want. You mix and match. Seven, Mark Cannon, left field. Catcher, Alvarez, if he's ready. If not, Nito. If not, Nervaez. They gave him two years, 15 million. They gave him a lot. He's probably going to you know split the time. But you got Alvarez. You got Nervaez, assuming McCann's gone. And then nine, or again, flip him around. Escobar, Vogelback, Beatty, Viento. So, I mean, you have your so DH, many options. Your DH is batting ninth, right? Yeah. So what do you what do you do? I mean, in that's that five for most teams. Like Escobar mm-hmm. is Escobar was clutch. He came around after a slow start. The fans loved him. The play the clubhouse loved him. 
And it allows you to, you know, only have to pinch hit with Vogelback or have him against some righties he hits good off of. And if, you know, decide to still continue developing Beatty, he's an option down the road at some point. But it's better to have a plethora of riches. We see championship teams, those 90s mm-hmm. Yankees, you know, Daryl Strawberry coming off the bench. They had big players coming off the bench. It's not a bad thing. One through nine, that is a st- – I mean, we, we go from like nine, it was like – you know, Renee era. I hate to say keep Renee Rivera, but like, you know, uh, not, listen, not, just just uh, if you go back uh, back in that 2015 season, Campbell was batting fourth. Yeah. And they went to the World Series, right? John May- they, we went from John Mayberry Jr. cleanup to, you know, Eduardo <laughs> Escobar is our nine hitter. I mean, it's an all star two years ago is our nine hitter. It's yeah. absurd. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it's un- undoubtedly, like I said, the, the best, the deepest. Um, even on the pitching side, um, you know, you, you, you've got so many things that are proven commodities, guys who have done it already, guys who continue to, I, I, I would like to say they're, they're getting better as the game gets more specialized and now starting pitchers don't have to hit, right? Uh, so you don't have to focus any of your energy on that. All you're focusing on doing is being the best pitcher you can be every fifth day. Um, if they wanted to go to a six man rotation, they could do that. You know, they could stretch all these guys out by going to a six man rotation. Everybody gets an extra day of rest. I mean, there's uh, so many different things in the way that they are constructed and the depth that they have signing, um, you know, Robertson signing out of, those are, it's not Seth Lugo. Is we going to get good Seth or bad Seth? This is Adovino, who was, you know, in the last five years has been outstanding. Uh, Robertson, who's been outstanding his whole career. Um, this isn't Jerry's Familia. Even when Jerry's Familia, you know, was your closer, you still were biting your nails off on every single pitch. Um, so you, it, it's just a great time to be a Met fan, a great time. I, I just think the rest of baseball is sitting back and they are so disgusted with looking at all, all the things that that the Mets are doing, right? They're like, oh, they can't possibly, and then they do. And th- there's no way they can, and then they will. And so I think that's the new era of Mets baseball is what can't they do? Nothing is impossible as of now. Every time we think they're done, every time we think that a signing can't be made or they can't afford it, that you can't ever think they can't afford it anymore. He doesn't care what the luxury cap is. Whatever you got to pay over the luxury cap, whatever it may be for a few years, if it brings back a championship, it's all worth it. We have been waiting 36 years to get to the goddamn World Series. We have two World Series titles. We have two World Series titles titles in 60-plus years of New York Mets franchise history. We lived through John Mayberry Jr. and Eric Campbell's soup batting cleanup. We've signed players on the scrap heap and turned them into everyday starters for $300,000. Steve Cohen's Toast is worth $300,000. His <laughs> butter is worth $300,000. We deserve this more than any other fan base in the world. We have been waiting forever for this. So if you're mad at us, stay mad. I hope you're mad. And when we win the World Series in 2023 and maybe even 2024, I want you to say, you know what? You deserve this, Mets fan. You've waited long enough. You've dealt with so much crap and two back-to-back collapses in the middle of your life that tortured me, that tormented me, as Nelson Figueroa was a part of one of them. Whoa, whoa. We had to go through the trials and tribulations of this 
garbage for too long. There's a new king in town. There's a new captain in town. Steve Cohen said to the New York Mets fans, I'm the captain now. <laughs> You're like holding the mic like that. It's just fun. Oh, know. man, you were intense right there. I, mean, I got chills. Effect. I got chills. Yeah, no, I do have a chilling effect, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, this offseason. So Adam Adovino's back, two years, 50 million. You know, I tweeted out the video of him telling us his favorite pizza joints, which mm-hmm. had a lot of people from Brooklyn excited about his choices, one of them being in Park Slope. Like you said, much needed. You know, him, I mean, Adovino, Robertson, Diaz, Rayleigh. And that's where, like, when you want to talk about they're not done yet, there's still room to map, maybe add a middle reliever. There's still, I mean, <laughs> the rumors were out there about Liam Hendricks. And, I mean, you want to talk about the star at the top of the Christmas. That is the icing on the, I mean, the icing is already all over the cake. It's just drenched in icing. But if we want to put the frozen, just, you know, Carvel, bring it back to City Field, <laughs> icing on the cake. I'm the sorry, co- Mr. The cookie, Softy. The cookie puss ice cream cone to set it all off? Who? You don't remember the cookie puss? What's the cookie puss? Oh, my God. That's, that's Hearts just added that to the soundboard, the cookie puss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to put the cookie puss on the tree, you get Liam Hendrick. And listen, I'm if they do nothing, I'm satisfied. I'm not going to be the guy to be like, we need more. We need more. But if you get Liam Hendricks, David Robertson, Adam Adovino, Edwin Diaz. It is a cheat code. You said before MLB the show, it is a cheat code to an already cheat code roster. I mean, that would just be on. They don't need him, but I think one more reliever might be the next step. And that's it. There's the cookie. But, oh, yeah, I, I think I remember that's yeah. that thing. I'm going to have nightmares. That picture. It's, just, <laughs> it's got a you've got a waffle. A waffle cone is a waffle cone. cone yeah, I'm surprised I don't have a waffle cone as a cone. I guess slowly becoming lactose intolerant has stopped that. But we didn't get to react to Kode Senga. I mean, the guy won the press conference five years, 75 million. I mean, I mean, that's a price they got him at. Like I always say, Marshall's and TJ Maxx. If he turns out to be an ace kind of starter. If he does throw Figgy that 102 that goes fork ball and MLB hitters have trouble hitting against him, that's a steal. Now, he's an unknown, so we can't really say it's a bargain yet because we have no idea what he's going to be. But you already fall in love with the guy at press conference. He had the prepared English. You know, he said he's ready for the Big Apple. Uh, I I love saying that. You're in. Yeah, he's going to be good. Verlander, Scherzer, Senga, Quintana, Carrasco. There's the rumors of trading Carrasco. I hope they don't. You know, we personally love him. He took us to the the cookie Spanish Academy. Speaking of cookies, a lot of cookie <laughs> mentions on this show. You can't really get rid of cookie. I mean, I'm I always want cookies, so I want a cookie on my roster. And then Peterson is depth, but this team seems set. Sanga, another great addition to the rotation. I'm I'm excited to watch him because you see the highlights in the videos. Mm-hmm. He he looks fun and he's got stuff that some of these hitters may never see. Yeah, no, it's 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 plus it, it's plus stuff. The his fastball again has hit as high as 102. It doesn't mean he's going to sit at 102. Um, I think you're going to see a guy in his first year as long as he gets acclimated. He's done it at a very high level over in Japan. Uh, his team has won the championship six of the last ten years. So when I talk about proven winners and championship caliber type players, he's another one. Um, Quintana just has to be what he was last year. Uh, and you're looking at him at the number four position, number five with Carrasco or either way, four and five. What, what an abundance of riches to have. I think people forget how good cookie Carrasco has been throughout his career. Um, top 10 pitcher in the American league every single year. And last year he, you know, found himself after getting the procedure done the year before on his elbow 
he really found himself and got over the hump with the uh, you know first inning jitters that he kept having where he was giving up two, three runs, and then he'd be five scoreless. Um, I think you're looking for more of the same. So I like having that consistency of having Carrasco as a number five, even though that look, look who your number five would be. You already have some guys who have uh, uh, at least gotten more than their feet wet at the major league level where you're talking about Peterson. You're also talking about McGill. McGill Casey. Without, yeah. yeah, without McGill in that first half, um, you know, when Jacob deGrom went down without his April and May, you know, you're, you're looking at the, they would have been, you know, swimming uphill most of the season. So he has stepped up in a big way. He, you know, hopefully well, um, well recovered from his injuries early on in the season. So I, I think it's just a very nice mix of some uh, veterans. And I, I think they have to be officially the oldest team in baseball, but it's not a bad, it's not a bad old. These aren't like guys that are washed up old. You know what I'm saying? So th- these are guys that, uh, as we always go through the uh, random Met, you know, on Twitter, they'll put up who's this random Met. And you see some guys that you don't even remember were in Met uniforms. Um, you know, the Bobby Abreu being in a Met uniform at the tail end of their careers. You know, you had some stars who had their names, you know, on a Met uniform, but they weren't playing, they weren't in their prime. They weren't putting up the same kind of numbers that they did their whole career. You're looking now at, you have some players right in the prime of their career, continuing to get better. Lindor's year last year, best shortstop numbers for a Met all time. Um, you, you got Pete Alonzo who continues to just mash the ball in the middle of that lineup. And this lineup is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's a problem for a, a starting pitcher. To go two times through this lineup might be too much for an opposing starting pitcher. To try and even get to the third time through a lineup, I mean, you you have to be clicking on all cylinders and have kind of your best stuff that day. And so, you know, good luck to the rest of the National League. The National League East continues to be, I think, we say it every year, right? They're the best on paper, but they leaps and bounds what every team has done this offseason to put themselves in position to try and – keep up with the Joneses and I know the Phillies made it last year and the Phillies made some big moves, but I don't think they're the Joneses. I think uh, Steve Cohen has proven who the Joneses are and that's going to be the New York Mets. Keeping up with the Cohens move over Kardashians, get the television (laughs) show in place, keeping up with the Cohens and he had to do it. The NLEs, like you said, stacked the Mets are the favorites. Mets are the favorites to win the division. They're the favorites to win the pennant. They're the favorites to win the world series. Again, like we keep saying, all on paper, they could lose. There could be injuries. The good thing is, if there are injuries, they have pieces in place to you know back up those guys. Now, if healthy, this is the World Series champion. So I I hope we're on a float down the parade in the County of Heroes. Um, you know, me and Carlos Correa, man, I'm learning the Spanish Academy <laughs> with me and Carlos Correa. I'm all in on this. And Figgy, you know, well, the interesting stat, and it's going around. The Mets luxury tax alone will exceed 111 million, which is more than 16. It's 16 MLB teams have a payroll that stands under that amount. I mean, that is amazing. The Mets total payroll will now project to be 495 billion dollars. Can we do the math, Hearts? Can you do the math? 495 million out of 16 billion. What what does that, you know, lay out to as what percent of Steve Cohen's net worth that is, but half a billion dollars to this roster. What, what who's the was it J Cole we come a long way, we come a long way. <laughs> is that J Cole? Yeah. Yeah, we've come a long way since the penny pinching days. 
I mean, the Mets went from Nelson Figueroa as a third starter to Kode Sanga. I mean, thinking, I'm sorry, but that's that's an upgrade. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little slight upgrade, right? No, I, w- w- without a doubt, it's it's it, it's uh, walking ref- in a winter wonderland, a winter catch. It's, ref- it's a refreshing feeling that that was that's never going to be an issue again. Is can can this team afford it? Will they have to start cutting costs? I, I think you know, can he will he keep this up for a decade? I don't think that's what he wants. I don't think that's what the plan is. I think that they have, you know, five guys in that minor league system that they're very high on that they would love to see at the major league level. But if you're going in a win now mode, then, you know, those guys are going to have to be as polished as possible, not coming up for a cup of coffee or, you know, maybe a fill in if somebody gets injured, but if if you didn't see Beatty all year long, would you really, you know, lose your mind? If you didn't nope. see Mauricio all year long, would you lose your mind? Nope. If you, Alvarez is really the only one that, you know, you you keep hearing about it to the point that he's the number one prospect in all of baseball, that you want to have that if you have McCann out there, right? Because you kept saying he's got to be better than McCann no matter what. So I think if Alvarez has a good enough spring training, uh, Pete Alonso type spring training where he forced his way on the team because he just, I mean, mashed all spring training long, drove in runs. And you can imagine having a guy with 30 home run potential batting ninth in your lineup. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's the only question catching wise and like defensively because you go around the field. McNeil's a good second baseman. Lador, Gold Glover, Correa, we expect to be fine and good at third. Alonso picked it up. Marte's good at right. Nimmo you know, got a lot better in center and then can is solid and left. So he's the one spot where you're like, all right, defensively, we're not sure. We think he's got pop, but they went out and got Nervais and Nervais isn't a star, but he's a 250 hitter, a veteran, you know, Latino. So they could, you know, the, the language barrier is there with them too. They could communicate with each other, Nervais and you have Nito as well, Latino. Mm-hmm. So like that catching room is going to be a tight knit unit of guys. And like, that's going to, they're going to help him get better. So they may, I don't know if they're going to keep three catchers on the roster, but they can, like we say, mix and match a catcher where if Alvarez isn't fully ready, he doesn't need to play a hundred and hundred plus games. Like if he plays 60, you know, Nevarez plays 60 and Nito gets 30 or 40, whatever, whatever the split is, they can mix and match and do a lot of different things. And I think that's, what's exciting. And you you know, you got to think about catcher because the catcher is catching all these elite pitchers. They're catching a Verlander and a Scherzer and a, you know, a new guy in major league baseball and Sanga and Kitana and cookie. So the catcher position is important for this team, but they have options there and they're exciting options because if Alvarez can hit and he's your nine hitter, I mean, you cannot keep him out of the lineup. If he makes a defensive mishap here and there, if the guy's going to bop 25 homers, and the ninth spot, the eighth spot, you got to keep him in there. Yeah, and and that's a again a, a great problem to have as long as he's not an ex- a disaster behind the plate, right? And you talk about defensive runs saved and things of that nature. If you're built like that in front of home plate with all those guys at positions that can keep you know runs off the board, and it's I'm not talking Gary Sanchez bad behind the dish, but it's not an easy task. The same thing happened in San Diego where when they got all these players and they got all these guys, they went out and they got two brand new catchers. San Diego, I think, was fourth in ERA the year before. 
uh, and they had Rene Rivera was one of the catchers at the time. And I can't remember the other one, but they went out and got Grandal and they got some uh, a guy from Oakland they brought in and they had those two catchers because they were all stars and they put them there to catch the staff and the, the, they just weren't good catchers. They were good offensive catchers, but they weren't good catchers. So you worry about that. But I think it's the opposite, right? The two guys that they have right now that would back up or, or go alongside an Alvarez are defensive or they're catch and throw guys. They're good game calls. They're good blockers. They're, they're really good at doing those things. So you're not really worried about the the production uh, offensively. You like it, but it's not a huge necessity when the lineup is so deep. So Alvarez being able to be that factor and say, you know, they keep him around. They make him DH every now and then when he's not, you know, catching. Where not he can a bad learn DH the, option. Yeah. Right. It's it's still a great and DH option. he's a righty too because you have Vogel back to the left. from the left side. Beatty's so. a lefty. So, like, it helps that, that he does give them another righty to be out there. So he could still play and they don't have to worry about his defense. Yeah, and I That's think big. that it's it's a it's again you you're you're talking about your eight and nine hole spot, right? It, one of the one of the two that he might be, and then if nine is for some reason, say nine is Escobar instead, a, a guy who can hit you twenty, a guy who can play a, an adequate third base, and a guy who is you know it just you know he's a gamer. Anybody who doubles down on themselves and says I'm going to give you a reason to like me again and went out and did it and had a September to remember, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm in his corner all the way and I would love for him to be around and he could be that utility player. He can be the guy that, you know, when McNeil undoubtedly gets banged up because he gets hit with so many pitches and, you know, he, he throws himself all over the place and he dives. Okay. You're a little banged up, McNeil, go ahead, you know, sit on the bench a couple of days. Escobar can be out there and you can, you, you just have so much flexibility in this lineup and, and defensively that I think it's just going to be, uh, a season to remember. Um, and I, I think there's enough guys pulling that they, they understand what's, what's at stake here. They, they understand um, how big this is to New York. They understand how many, uh, you know, millions and millions of dollars doesn't do it because that pressure is undoubtedly going to be on every single one of them day in and day out. And they're going to have to all be locked in together to get this thing done because it's, it's not um, a, a given um, if anything, you know, it just puts a bullseye on your back and everybody's going to be talking about how the Braves are the lowest uh, payroll in the National League East. And yet, you know, the Braves, that, that lineup, that depth, that talent that they have. Um, and they're basically Tampa Bay 2.0 in the National League East, right? Tampa Bay, $60 million for their whole lineup, uh, for their whole uh, roster. And yet Tampa Bay is always in, you know, the talk of winning the American League East. So I, I think this is going to be a, a extremely fun year for the team, but it's also going to be very pressure field. But I think having Buck Showalter at the helm, he's able to relieve that a little bit. He's able to take a lot of that on his, on his shoulders. It's his job to make it work. And when it doesn't work or have a bad day, you know what? Buck is always the first guy to be accountable and stand up in front of a microphone and take onus on it to take that pressure off the players. We'll close with this 2023, the year Buck Showalter wins his first World Series title. I said when the Mets got him, he's winning his first in Queens. It's setting up to be that way. You said it. 2023, the year to remember on 41 Seaver Way, where 42,000 fans go. 
years prior to the new casino being built, years prior to the new NYCFC stadium being built. I might have to buy one of the apartments that they built, so I live right next to City Field, and I could crawl there every day and go to every game and go from 60 games to 81 games. But the New York Mets, meanwhile, Jacob deGrom is milking cows in Arlington and riding horses into irrelevancy in 70 wins. While the Mets win World Series after World Series, this guy is milking a cow and eating Dallas barbecue. And you know what? It, it reminds me of the Russell Wilson uh, Broncos country. Let's ride. Rangers country. Let's ride. If I if I hear him saying let's ride or any facsimile of their catchphrase, because it was true about DeGrom, right? He, he was – you don't remember him doing any let's go Mets, LFGM. You don't remember him being that rah-rah guy about being here. Um, he wasn't the he wasn't the cover boy. He wasn't the – you know, Matt Harvey went out. Syndergaard went out. They, they were watching. You never seen DeGrom kind of enjoying himself as a New York Met. He was the, undoubtedly the best pitcher in baseball while he was healthy with the New York Mets and wins two Cy Youngs and – but he just didn't seem like that wasn't his thing. His thing was not about being uh, a, a Met and and he wasn't Joe Namath walking around with the fur coat and, you know, check me out kind of guy. He never had that swagger. He never had that style to him. So this is more of his speed. Texas is more of his speed. Let, yeah. leave, Enjoy leave, him down, leave, leave him down there and give me Cody Sanga where, you know, rocking a... <laughs> Rocking a, a nice little mink coat in the winter, and and Cody, Cody's, uh, everybody else um, that has come along and really wants to get this thing done in a major way, and it's uh, I'm excited, man. I'm very, Namath, very excited. Joe Namath took the Jets to a Super Bowl in 1969, the first year of the Miracle Mets World Series championship, and now 2023, the Billboard. Alex Cohen, Steve Cohen, Justin Verlander, Kate Upton, the ultimate double date. <laughs> I want to be on a triple day with them. What a crew. What an iconic pairing. Put them on a billboard or even just Steve Cohen, Kate Upton, just next to each other, just eyeing each other down <laughs> on a billboard. We're we're pumped up here on Amazing But True. The Mets have signed Carlos Correa to a 12-year, $315 million deal. On top of an all-season, that was Brandon Immo, 8 for 162. Edwin Diaz, 5 for 102 million. Verlander, 2 for 86.6. Senga, 5 for 75. Quintana, 2 for 26. Narvaez, 2 for 15. Adovino, 2 for 14.5. And David Robertson, 1 for 10. Amongst minor league deals and other trades that they've made to add some depth, the New York Mets are built for a championship. And here on Amazing But True, we fully expect the 2023 New York Mets to win their third World Series title. And we'll close out this emergency episode of Amazing But True next. Has a nice ring to it. Oh, it sounds beautiful. This year is going to be a special year. All right, Figgy. That'll say goodnight to episode 129 of Amazing But True, a Mets podcast from the New York Post. This is an emergency episode. People have been digging the emergency episodes. You know, when you're pumped up, you want content about that team. Like, it's so rare that we have this many because it's the first time they've made this many moves. And they've all been significant. Like, we're not on here, like, reacting like, oh, they signed this guy to a minor league deal with a player option <laughs> for a major league deal. They're signing significant players. So we're excited to bring you these emergency shows. This, I mean, I keep saying this might be the last one, but who knows at this point? There might be more. We expect this to be the last impact move. And, uh, you know, we'll probably see you next year. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me out producing this show. Figgy, uh, fun, fun show today. Yeah, and what a way to wake up, right? Uh, we're yelling at each other, like, get a podcast done as soon as we can. Um, just 
It's a great time to be a Met fan. It's a great time to um, realize that your ownership group has a level of commitment far beyond what you and I can do. So millions and millions of dollars have been put out there for this team to be a winner and not just for one year. You're talking about for a long haul where you have two guys on the left side for a decade um, that are, are expected to carry the load. You still have Pete Alonso, um, who I imagine is gonna be in a Met uniform for at least that amount of time. And it's just an abundance of riches being put to use and hopefully all of it, pieces, the pieces of the puzzle come together because it could be something very, very special. Well, if you want to watch the full episode of this show, you can go to the New York Post Sports YouTube page and watch it there. Uh, if you're an audio person, catch up on all old episodes or this episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Follow Figgy on Twitter at FiggyNY. Follow me at Jake Brown Radio. And follow our show Twitter at Amazing But True. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this emergency episode. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. Merry mm. Christmas. My mom sent me a scarf. She sent me gloves, a winter hat, and uh, <laughs> she sent me a new chain. I'm not rocking it right now, but thanks to the chain, my mom, stay stay dripping. That's what. Now that's you're me. two chains? Yeah, I, literally, I have two pretty fire. I have three, but I'll probably rock two because three is odd. I'm, I'm an even guy. Like when I round up, I like to make it an even number. So I'll probably do the two chains, four bracelets kind of thing, like uh, two chains, we'll say. Uh, (laughs) And this is the sign that we end the show. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And we don't talk for the new year. Who knows at this rate? Have a happy new year, everyone. And we'll see you in 2023. And Figgy will close it like we should be doing for next year when we're at opening day with the three magical words. One, two, three. Let's go Mets. Mets. God, you're bad. That was picked perfectly in unison. That was a Christmas special. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, guys. Steve Cohen (laughs) is no longer my uncle. He is my new father.